Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Opposites React. It is May 25th, 2022, episode 120. My name is Sarah and I'm here with Tyler. How are you, Tyler? <laughs> cat's ready. She's always ready. She knows. She knows what time she it is. She hears Opposites Show, React and she comes running. Showtime, yeah. Molly, showtime. Uh, I'm good. I had a weird day today. Just What made it weird? That you didn't have to go out for lunch? <laughs> no, nothing to do with that. No, I'm just talking about... World events. Oh, was there more things that happened that I didn't get to? No, know? I just got to kind of address the elephant in the room here before we move on tonight. I mean, I I like to just pretend that everything is just normal, but it's not. I mean, you know, I, I try and not tune out from things that happen in the world, but it's just, I don't know. The reaction I had last night when I found out about that school shooting in Texas. Mm-hmm. I, it hit me differently this time than I'm going to compare in this case to the, the Sandy Hook shooting for a couple of reasons. I mean, number one, it's the second worst school shooting in the U.S. involving elementary children since, since well, sorry, it is the worst since Sandy Hook. I'm saying it's the second worst ever. Okay. But uh, it, it happened almost 10, I don't know, almost 10 years ago. That was December 2012. Wow. Sandy Hook. So it's been almost 10 years to get to another one of these scenarios. And and I, when, I, when I saw that day yesterday, I thought to myself, like, I had a reaction, obviously, when I heard about the Sandy Hook stuff back in 2012. I was like, oh, my God. Like, oh, of course. Like, anybody else, I was like, it's terrible. It's tragic. We and, didn't have a kid back then, though. Well, that's my point. It hits me differently now, being a parent. Mm-hmm. And, and, yes, granted, I mean, obviously, we live in Canada. We're much safer scenario. I'm not worried that something like that would happen here. Or if it is, if the, the odds are very, very minimal. But I just feel for, like, families in the U.S. that, you know, have to send their kids to school every day and, and worry something like that could happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, after Sandy Hook, you'd like to say, well, never again, but I don't know, you just proved it can still happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I don't know. I just, I, I felt almost like ashamed last night because I found out about it so late. Like I, I wasn't, I didn't really follow the, I think it happened fairly early in the morning yesterday, but I didn't really follow the news at work or anything. I was busy at work and then I came home and did stuff and then played video games last night. I didn't really see it in the news until I went to bed at like, you know, 1 a.m. last night. Or this morning, I should say, I actually saw the the headline and how many had been killed, and I'm like, oh my goodness! Like it's just, you know, and, and I didn't want to read about it because I knew how I was just trying to stay off the internet today. Because I knew how social media was going to be, and everybody trying to blame the other person, and everybody's saying, oh, nothing's ever going to change because the U.S. and yada yada, and it's just, you know, it's frustrating. Um, and we were just talking last week about like how much I love baseball stadiums and I want to travel in the U.S. go to all these stadiums and every time I see something like this it just makes me not want to go to the U.S. you know <laughs> and again I know the odds are very 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 low that something, especially at a sporting event or something like that would ever happen but still I mean it's just I feel for the people that have to live in the U.S. and be worried constantly whether they're going to the supermarket or going to kids going to school or at a church or something you know anything could happen mm-hmm and again, yes, it could happen anywhere in the world, but the likelihood is much higher there. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just went to work this morning and I just didn't feel normal. Like I didn't feel like just pretending like today was normal and it's going to go on with my day. I was just, I don't know, didn't feel like talking to anybody this morning because I just wanted to process it. And I don't know. Like I said, it warrants discussion. I mean, it's, I don't think people should just be like, it, it's sad that people are just so numb because it happens all the time in the U.S., I mean, you know, I think it was one of the ones last week, that one that they had Buffalo. That was yep. the supermarket shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess as terrible as that was, it just feels different when there's children involved, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I just want to get that out of the way. I was going to mention at the end of the podcast, and I thought, no, because I don't want to end on that. No, I just mentioned mm-hmm. it now. 
and then we can get on with our discussion tonight. But like I said, I didn't want to just pretend like gloss over the fact that that happened because you you hope something like this doesn't happen ten more, ten another ten years from now. But who knows, right? I mean, I don't see that. I don't see the U.S. going the opposite way. I think they're just getting worse and worse as the days go on. And you could argue that it's probably better, a little bit better since since Trump left office. But still, I just feel like the country as a whole is just constantly a mess. <laughs> and, it's hard being their top hat. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people that like, go to the States a lot, like for vacations and visiting and sporting events and stuff. I get it. Like, or if you have family there, obviously. But I just, like, my opinion of the country gets lower constantly <laughs> because of just the way they refuse to accept certain things and mm-hmm. are just stuck in their ways. But hey. You know, what can you do? I don't know. I'm not going to be a dead horse here. I said my piece. <laughs> Just thought I wanted to mention that it's still weighing on me today. So you, what's your reaction to it? Oh, I'm probably like most of the population that's just, just so numb to it. You're just like, oh, it's terrible. I and then read you just it. go on with your day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read the headlines. all I did. Right. I'm like, yep, that's America. And then I moved on with my life. Well... Like we said, I mean, you got to think things do move on. We got to move on to we have other things to discuss. So movies, um, I haven't really watched anything new recently, movie-wise, anyways. Although tomorrow night or tonight, by the time most of you people listen to this podcast, <laughs> uh, I will be seeing finally after much, much. Uh, Long overdue wait. Uh, <laughs> Top Gun. For sure, for sure. Uh, I haven't confirmed with Dan. I, I was gonna after probably after we get off recording this, I'm gonna text Dan and ask him if he wants to get the tickets, or I'll tell him I can buy the tickets. I don't care who buys the tickets either way. But uh, yeah, we have a tentative time set for Thursday, May 26th at 7:40, <laughs> I believe. Yeah, not gonna be the, not gonna be the IMAX this time. We're just doing the, the AVX. Just to get out of the way, the viewing out of the way. Yeah, so and then the, the, the I, I kind of like doing it that way sometimes. I, I, I yeah, I don't have a problem with obviously seeing a first viewing at IMAX, but I feel like if you see it in like a regular or an AVX theater first, then you see it in IMAX, you can appreciate it a bit more. It would be hard going the other direction, I think. Yeah, no, I wouldn't want to do the opposite. Yeah. Uh, so I'm doing IMAX second is fine with me. Mm-hmm. Did you watch Top Gun this week then? Uh, no, I have not. Really no, watched you watched it. another Tom Cruise movie instead. <laughs> I watched uh, Edge oh Edge of Tomorrow. Tomorrow. It's a good movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the new Mission Impossible trailer came out this week. Mm. Paramount released. It was kind of leaked earlier this week, and then they officially oh, released right, it on YouTube. The score. But yeah, but it, it looks awesome. As it should. It's ironic too because like, so yeah, that, the what's today's day? Today's Wednesday. Uh, so Monday was when the Mission Impossible trailer came out, and yesterday, Tuesday, um, Netflix released a trailer for their pretty much their big budget movie that's coming out this summer um, called the called the gray man. That's one with, it's got uh, they, they, they're touting it as the most expensive film they've ever made budget wise. Uh-huh. So that's one of the stars like Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans. Oh. Uh, and, I think I saw and directed by this. directed by the Russo brothers who did the Avengers movies. Okay. So it should be a banger. I mean, yeah, you would think like the trailer looks great action wise, but at the same time, it just looks very, maybe it's just a bad trailer, but the trailer to me looked very generic Cookie and, and the action set pieces weren't as exciting. Like coming off the heels of the Mission Impossible trailer, this looks so basic and plain. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the Mission Impossible, you can just tell the craftsmanship and the effort they put in the stunts. And this one just looked like a lot of CGI and like sloppy editing and stuff like that. So I'm just like, ah, like I'm sure it'll still be good, 
I mean, it's, it's on Netflix. You can watch for free. It's like, well, not for free. You know what I mean? It's part, <laughs> of your, part of your subscription. You just you have, to to, you have to go to the theater to see it. But yeah, it's just like, and I, people, I saw other people echoing that sentiment online too on the message boards and stuff saying like, man, like this looks like, yeah, just sloppy. And I mean, I, I don't know. A lot of people just have problems with the cat. Like some people just seem can't seem to buy Gosling as like the action hero type. But a lot of people he are did, really. Wasn't he in Blade Runner? Yeah. He did great in Blade Runner. He did. No, I don't, I don't have a problem with Gosling. I'm saying oh, some people do. Some okay. people still see They're him wrong. as like the... You know, <laughs> the Lars awkward, and the Real Girl kind yeah, of guy? Well, maybe not specifically that role, but it's more like the awkward like rom-com type guy as opposed to the action hero guy. But anyways, um, but I think the thing most people are excited about, even though I think he looks really dumb in the movie, uh, Chris Evans playing a bad guy, I'm on board for. Like, okay. It looks like he's going to have a lot of fun Does in this role. Does he have role. a bad mustache? Does he have a terrible mustache? Oh, no! I called yeah. it. I didn't even know. Yeah, like it does not suit him at no. all. And I'm sure that's part of the character. Like he just looks like kind of a tool. Uh, but uh, sounds already like a tool. Yeah, that's terrible. He should have just been cleaned. I think the problem. With the, I think the problem if he goes clean shaven, everybody's gonna say, "Oh, it's just Captain America," but bad. You know, at least with the mustache, he feels somewhat different. But why do bad guys have to have mustaches? I mean, it worked well for Henry Cavill in the Mission Impossible movie. He looked great with the mustache. Yes, yeah. and then the CGI made it well, even better. In Justice League, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, like I said, I yeah, Top Gun tomorrow should be awesome. Should be. Are the reviews not out yet? Uh, oh no, the reviews are great. I'm just saying, uh, and I think they said it's actually this is kind of a crazy stat, but I believe they said it's currently on pace this weekend to be the highest, the best box office weekend for Tom Cruise ever. Wow. Which would be insane. <laughs> More than Mission Impossible? Yeah, right? That's that's high. Oof. I don't know. I've heard that, like, again, I haven't like, read any spoilers or read a lot of in-depth reviews about Top Gun, but the few little snippets I have seen, people are, and it's like, not just from professional reviews, but from, like, comments on message boards and stuff without spoilers, people were saying the movie has, like, a surprising amount of heart. Like, it's not just, like, if you watch the original Top Gun, it's Tom Cruise just being, like, I mean, it's Tom Cruise in the 80s. He was, like, Playboy, like, model tom cruise right like just cute you know uh what do you call it i think somebody has a man crush well no he was like come on he, every woman was in love with him in the 80s like, every decade women are in love with him I'm just saying in the 80s when he was like in his 20s he was just like that go-to male figure for like he, he was the playboy role and for so like you know he, he's he's the he's the maverick no pun intended <laughs> uh for his movie but and this one they're saying like it seems like he just he carries it a lot more there's a lot more heart to this role, and it's actually a little might even make you cry at the end. We'll see. Oh, really? Yeah. But, anyways, moving on from that. Uh, I was gonna, before I get into my topics, is there anything specifically you want to talk about in the last week or so that you've been up to, watching or playing or? Nope. Looking forward to no. Just, nope. You've just been doing whatever. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, even kind of boring. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll eventually finish Mindhunter season two. And, we're going to get back to that this weekend. and This weekend? Yeah. Well, I mean, tonight you're going to be doing the podcast. Tomorrow I'm going to be at the movies. So the weekend, yeah. That seems logical. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, yeah. So the so, um, topic is going to be kind of a two-parter tonight. It is about movies, but I didn't really have a ton of things to flesh out 20 minutes worth of discussion for the main topic. So I'm sort of combining two. But I'm going to make a connection. You'll see in a minute. But there's a trailer that came out today uh, for a movie. Uh, it's just called Beast. Just one word, beast. Beauty uh, and the Beast. What's that? It's going to be about Beauty and the Beast then? Mm, no. Well, no. then it's a bad title. It could also be about the X-Men character. Ooh, true. Oh, uh, okay. So this one just, it's, I watched the trailer and I thought to myself, 
I was actually surprised how hyped people were in the comments of this movie. Like, oh man, this looks awesome. I haven't seen this kind of movie in a long time. I'm just like, it looks fine to is me. Is it but a horror movie? No, so the basic premise is you have main character is Idris Elba. He's people, most people don't know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I can name some of his movies, but I'm sure if you you know the name, you just look him up, you'll recognize him. But he's the main character. He plays. I'm guessing I can't tell from the trailer. He's either a divorced father or his wife passed away. Either way, he's trying to reconnect with his daughters. So he's taking them like on a safari to Africa or South Africa. I don't think they specify in the trailer where it is. And uh, so he's down there with his daughters and they're with the tour guy. They're on like a safari type thing, right? And then all of a sudden, uh, they come across... Uh, what's the word? Well, tribesmen's not the word we're looking for. Villagers or people that have been injured by a lion attack. Okay. So the, the tour guide gets out with his rifle and says, you know, they go look for this lion. And so the movie makes it out to be... From what I can gather from the trailer, it makes it out to be like there's... The rest of the movie, they're on the run from this lion. Like, basically, their vehicle gets damaged or stranded, and they have to survive in the wilderness with this lion trying to hunt them. Um, now, and, and yeah, the, yeah, there's a there's a place for those kind of movies. They don't really make those kind of movies anymore. We just have sort of a... Chase? Yeah, a fairly... Once the movie kicks in with the lion, you're just going to have this single setting where you're just trying, they're trying to survive and out with the, the lion and... Mm. Um, like an Until Dawn kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but what what kind of turned me off from the trailer was that you can tell the lion is completely CGI, which I get, obviously, for practicality. I mean, you can do whatever you want when you have CGI. You can make impossible cuts or uh, set pieces and things you couldn't do with a real lion. But I'm not saying it looked as fake. It didn't look like the lion from, like, the Lion King remake they did recently. It didn't look that CGI, but you can tell it's not. That lion had to talk. Right. <laughs> but when I when I saw this trailer it made me immediately think of a movie from the 90s that i used to love Ooh, i haven't seen in a long time jumanji no <laughs> that was very cgi heavy <laughs> um there's a movie that came out in 1996 and i remember seeing this right when it came out or shortly after so i would have only been like are, are we lads? nine or ten at the time uh and the movie had left an impact on me because it actually kind of gave me nightmares for a while i remember uh so the movie was called the ghost in the darkness oh uh, i believe it was adapted from a novel I didn't know this at the time, obviously, when I was a kid, but I realize it now that it's based on a book. Um, but it starred uh, uh, Val Kilmer and Michael Douglas in the main roles. Uh, one was uh, Val Kilmer's character was sort of like an engineer slash. This is set in like the I think it was like late 1800s or early 1900s, something like that. So it's uh, he was uh, Val Kilmer's character was like an engineer slash former soldier who was basically asked to help guard. Um, they're, they're trying to like build a railroad in in in. Uh, in Africa or something. I, I think the movie is actually supposed to... Te- sorry, technically the movie takes place in Kenya. But they, I know they mm-hmm. filmed it in Africa, but it's supposed to take place in Kenya. So they're trying, to, sorry, they're trying to build like a railroad or something in Kenya. And he's hired to protect the workers from these lions. The lions of... Uh, a lion, you find out later, is two lions. A lion has been attacking the workers, like dragging them off from their campsites in the middle of the night and stuff, or just atta- even attacking them in broad daylight at one point. So he's hired to basically protect the soldier, protect the workers, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then... When they realize there's more than one lion, there's two lions attacking in as a pair. So then, uh, when they realize Kilmer's character isn't getting the job done, they hire Michael Douglas's character, who's like this hardened, you know, crazy uh, mercenary guy who's can hunt lions for a living, right? Like, in the movie, like, I mean, this came out in the '90s. Val Kilmer was probably in his, I don't know, 30s at the time, and Michael Douglas was probably in his like late 50s. So he had the different age difference between the two actors, and they played well off each other in the film. But my point about the film is. Uh, the lions were um, like they use real lions in the film, no CGI oh, wow. at all. 
And they're obviously well-trained lions. I, actually, I read the article earlier. They were lions. They were from the Bowmanville Zoo in Ontario. Really? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, they, so they... And the movie is, is... Because you use the you know real lions, it obviously makes the action scenes that much more impressive because even though, yeah, you, you, you have to... Like, if a lion was basically attacking somebody in a bush and you would just hear, like, screaming and blood flying everywhere yeah. and stuff, like, obviously the lion's not killing him, you know that, but it looks better than just, like, having a CGI lion attacking him that you can do whatever you want on the screen because you can just, you know, fake it. Again, yeah. it was the 90s. I mean, obviously, technology was different in the 90s, but there's one scene in particular that really stuck with me in the movie. That is one thing that uh, gave me nightmares was uh, there's a scene in the film where Kilmer's character is, um, I'm terrible with the names, I, I one of them's name was one of them's name was Remington. The other one was uh, I just looked up the article earlier too. I can't remember what Michael Douglas's character's name was, but let's just say Falconer's character. He's he's sleeping in a tent in the middle of the night, like with the rest of the workers, and he has this nightmare about his 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 wife and his his new baby. He, his, his son was just born in in England or London, where they're from, and he has this nightmare where his wife and, and infant son come to visit him at the campsite where he's working in Kenya. So he, he sees them coming off. The, like At this point, the nightmare of the train is done, like the, the construction is done, he's ready to go home and stuff, so they come to visit him. And then as he sees them walking down the train platform, he sees the lion coming through the grass, and the lion jumps and attacks and like basically devours his wife and son. Right. And I don't know, for some reason, like the way it was shot and just his screams and other things, just, I remember giving me nightmares because it looked really realistic. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> That's crazy. Um, it was a well shot scene. It's, it's a really good movie too. Like it's, it's. I feel like it would still hold up really well today. I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's at the time. I remember really, even though it kind of scared me, it really I left an impression on me. I probably rewatched it at some point, like a decade later, but I haven't seen it in over ten years. Probably I should rewatch. I don't know if it's on any. I haven't checked if it's on any streaming services. It is an older film, but it was really good. Um, but and then it got me thinking. What I wanted to go into the topic tonight about was other movies that have used like live animals to make the movie feel more dramatic or realistic, right? So the other the other immediate example that came to my mind, and again, another movie from the 90s. I feel like, that's why I feel like these guys, when people were saying they saw this trailer for the Idris Elba movie, they are saying, you don't see movies like this anymore where you just have like a, a single creature, whether it's a lion or a mm. bear or a shark or whatever it is, like a, a cereal. Godzilla. Yeah. Um, you know, it's sort of like, it's just like a very, I'm not, I don't want to diminish the film by saying it feels basic, but you have a sort of a bare bones plot where you just have the single element that the main character is trying to survive or get away from. And it makes for very tense. Mm-hmm. And with a skilled filmmaker. And a good score. Yeah. Scores really sure. entice or enhance the experience. So the other one that came to mind for me, another film from the 90s that's really good, is called The Edge. Uh, I think that was 98. That's the one with uh, Alec Baldwin and Anthony Hopkins. And uh, they, have to, they have to survive from a bear who's hunting them the whole movie. And again, they use a real bear. It was, it was, a, it's a, it was like a famous Hollywood bear at the time. Oh, like, right. I think his name was like Bart the Bear or something. Oh. And they would always use him in films. Cause oh, there's another movie that I, I think I saw him in. The bear? The, yeah. It was, it was with the, in a cabin. And two families went on vacation there. This is really going to bother me. It's a famous person that's in this. Okay, I'm sorry. It's, it's going to bug me. I'm pretty sure it's the same bear, though. Mm-hmm. I heard about this famous bear. I think I don't think the bear's alive anymore. Oh, you know, hang on. I got my no. I'm sure he's not alive anymore. But hang on, I got my phone in front of me. I'm gonna look up what other. I swear they use this bear in multiple films. It's not very often you find a trained bear. Well, yeah. I wonder how long, how long do bears normally live? I wonder. He said I don't this know. this bear lived 23 years. That seems long. Yeah. So 
It says, uh, Bart the Bear was a male Alaskan Kodiak bear. He was best known for his numerous appearances in Hollywood films, including The Bear. <laughs> which, what movie is that? The Bear. I remember that one. That was a 1988 French film. I guess why oh, I've heard gosh, it. Oh, gosh, no. Uh, but he was also in White Fang, Legends of the Fall, and The Edge, which is the one I was thinking of. Man, maybe it's not the same bear. It's going to bother me now. <laughs> like this article says, says, Anthony Hopkins worked with Bart the Bear in two movies, Legends of the Fall and The Edge. And it says, according to um, uh, one of the directors, it says, uh, Anthony was absolutely brilliant with Bart. He acknowledged and respected him like a fellow actor. He would spend hours just looking at Bart and admiring him. He also wanted to do all of his own stunt scenes with Bart. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was The Edge about? So The Edge was the one where you have, um, yeah, it just says, the plot follows a wealthy businessman played by Hopkins uh, and his photographer friend, played by Alec Baldwin, who must trek through the elements and try to survive after their plane crashes <gasps> in the Alaskan wilderness. I do remember this movie. Yeah, yeah it's a really good film. Um, I don't know, and I had a hard... I, I mean, like I said, so Ghost in the Darkness for Lions, uh, The Edge for Bears. I was trying to think of other movies that would use... Did Ace Ventura use all fake animals? <laughs> I wouldn't say all fake. I mean... Did they have a, I'm pretty sure, I want to say in the Ace Ventura sequel, there was definitely a lot of CGI stuff going on, but in the original Ace Ventura, I think they used, I think I'm sure it was a real dolphin, and they used the real dogs and birds. Yeah. But again, I mean, I'm trying to think of like films that used animals in like dramatic or scary ways. Lassie. Lassie was very dramatic. <laughs> Airbud almost losing a basketball game, also very dramatic. Mm, that's true. Then just, I mean... You use the same argument for, you know, movies that are too reliant on CGI nowadays compared to practical effects. Like Tom using Cruise real never have it. Just yeah, gives it a more more of an element of authenticity and real danger. I wonder why they didn't use a real line in the new movie though. Well, like I said, I, you could tell just from watching this. And again, I don't know who's directing it. I didn't look it up actually. Who's directing the new Idris Elba thing? I, I'm sure if it was a prominent director, they would have featured that in the trailer. So I'm going to say it's someone who's not. It's confusing. Apparently, there's another movie that came out in India this year called Beast. So that's all the results wow. I'm getting when I try and Google it. <laughs> well, that's, so, well, that's what you get for having such a generic name. You know what the best lion is? Who's the best lion? Aslan. <laughs> Hang on a second. What if I just type in Beast Idris Elba? Can I find this freaking thing? Here we go. Oh, I actually I do recognize that director's name. But I'm not surprised that he would use yeah, CGI. Does okay. he have cat phobia? No. <laughs> Um, okay, we're getting off the animal discussion for a second here. I'm going to stick with the other topic for a second here. Since I mentioned The Ghost in the Darkness earlier, and that was one of, in my opinion, one of Val Kilmer's best roles from the 90s. Um, I want to talk about him for a second because he's also he was also in the original Top Gun, and he has a small role in the sequel that I'll be watching tomorrow. And I've heard that they, have, without knowing any spoilers, I've heard they treated his scene very respectfully. Uh, in the sequel for Top Gun, because a lot of people thought maybe it was just going to be a cameo, a quick like. Because I mean, for those that don't know, Phil Kilmer has had a, a rough, uh, almost past decade at this point. He he, he underwent uh, he had throat cancer, I believe mm-hmm. in 2015. He actually I'm going to bring up the article here because I was reading it earlier. I mean, he, so Kilmer is 62 years old at this point. Um, and he's had a good career, but he definitely could have had a better sort of into his career were it not for the health issues that he's had. So in in 2017, Kilmer revealed that he had gone through a two-year battle with throat cancer. Uh, uh, it says in order to speak, uh, he has to plug an electric voice box into his trachea. 
Oh, boy. Like, like due to the cancer, he had to undergo chemotherapy and have two tracheotomies. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2020, he reported he'd been can- cancer-free for four years and that he now has to use a feeding tube mm-hmm. to feed himself so he can no longer eat. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so he, he is still acting. Like He's doing small roles in films, but I think either because obviously the way he has to talk or I think he just gets tired really easily because of yeah. all the damage to his body mm-hmm. that he can't really do large roles anymore. Makes sense. It's actually kind of sad to see how, like, even though they're obviously very different actors in their careers, it's kind of sad to see, like, Kilmer going out this way. Same thing with, like, Bruce Willis going out. Bruce mm-hmm. Willis is going out more for, uh, like, brain issues. He has a, mm-hmm. a disability mm-hmm. that tends to, that he can't remember his lines and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah. So, but, but Kilmer, he, uh, I mean, yeah, he got his start uh, acting in the 80s, and Top Gun was pretty much his. his first big breakthrough role i think but he had a really good career in the 90s like lots of good performances one of his be- one of his best roles and one that people are adamant like he should have won an oscar for was his role in the western film tombstone where he played doc holiday this sounds familiar yeah it's a it's a great he his at the if you're gonna make a more modern comparison i would say he did for that character what like Heath ledger did for the joker oh wow like people have always said, like no one can top Heath Ledger as a Joker. Like mm-hmm. there's reasons why I think no one's ever tried to do another film of that scale with Doc Holliday. Because everyone's like, you can't top Killer's performance. Like he was the perfect Doc Holliday. If you knew anything about the character from like books and stories and stuff, he just encompassed encompassed that mm-hmm. personality perfectly. And his acting on screen too was fantastic. But um, you would know him. Your probably your first exposure to Val Kilmer would be Batman Forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember he. Uh, I remember, I think that was probably my first Batman film too because at that age, like Batman Forever came out in 95 when I would have been like eight. Uh, I had I, I probably hadn't seen the Michael Keaton films at that point because I was mm-hmm. too young. I saw them later on. So Kilmer was probably like my first real Batman. And yeah, I thought he was great. I mean, again, like, you know, kid me loved the Riddler. I, Riddler's and, the best part. And when I was a little bit older, when, <laughs> when, when, when puberty me hit and I was watching that movie, I was thinking, oh, Nicole Kidman, that's something. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's... uh. Forget Batman. Let's, uh, <laughs> there was another girl in that movie, though, wasn't there? Well, no, no I think you're thinking of Poison Ivy. She was in the other one. Okay, like maybe Thurman's I am. character. Yeah, she was in the bad mm. Batman Robin one. Yeah, no, I think Nicole was the or yeah, Nicole Kim was the only one in Batman Forever. So, but he was a good. He was a good Bruce Wayne. He only got one shot at it, but he was definitely better than Clooney. And <laughs> I, would, I would put Kilmer on par with with Keaton. I like I like Keaton's Batman, but it's. That that's just Tim Burton's style, though it feels very mm. different, obviously. But uh, honestly, the same year he did Batman Forever, he also had a pretty big role in the, the one of my favorite films uh, called Heat. That's the oh, Michael. Mann. I didn't know he was in it. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's got a, he he has tons of scenes where he has to act opposite uh, Robert De Niro, and he holds his own with De Niro in every scene. And and he's I think the thing that I remember reading about too was that. Like for those that haven't seen Heat, by the way, I've probably mentioned many times before on this podcast. You have to go watch Heat. Like, it's, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix now too. There's no excuses. You have to watch Heat. But um, there's a huge shootout scene after a bank robbery in the last third of the film, and uh, Kilmer did all of his own. Like he he trained for for uh, weeks at the gun range to do all the stunts and stuff himself, like all the reloading and the gun handling mm. and everything. And I remember like they would actually say that. For years, and maybe still to this day, they do show up. But at least for years after the film came out in the '90s, they would show his his weapon handling and like 
army videos and stuff and be like this is how you would probably like because he can he, he would be able to reload a full machine gun in like two seconds and wow and saying, like this is how you would tactically like took it seriously cover. yeah he, he did it properly like he was just like you know how tom cruise or counter Reeves or anybody else nowadays put the work in the gun range when they're doing their rules mm-hmm. like kilmer did it back in the 90s so and then, like i said year so he did batman forever and heat in 95 and the year after that was 96 he did ghost in the darkness which again mm-hmm. i loved uh did a, a film in 97 called The Saint, which was a film version. I think it was a British show, sort of like a Mission Impossible, a British-type Mission Impossible, so he's sort of like a spy <laughs> slash thief, whatever. Okay. So, But uh, I remember that film was pretty entertaining. Um, when he got into the early 2000s, he did some other roles that were kind of, you know, like good, but not like award-worthy. He just he fell into a good niche of... Like, he picked his roles carefully. He didn't do a lot of garbage. He was... But, he, you know, he wasn't doing prestige films either. He wasn't doing big Oscar bait films. But honestly, the one that, if you're looking at anything he did probably in the last 20 years, the one that really stands out for being different for him, but also probably one of the best characters he's ever done. Uh, uh, this movie came out in 2005 called uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, mm-hmm. uh, where he started with Robert Downey Jr. Uh, it's sort of like a, a murder mystery. It's a dark comedy. Um, but yeah, his, his character, he plays like a... Uh, retired i think he's a retired police officer slash private detective or something in the film valkyrie's character is and he's working with uh danny jr's character trying to solve a murder uh but yeah the movie is it's got so much like kilmer was funny in movies before but he never had this much no i think anyone knew he had this much comedic range i mean especially the chemistry he had with robbie Downey jr that film was, was fantastic like that film is so so rewatchable uh too bad he didn't have a lot of time to do. Yeah, and it's a shame that after that he he had a small role in uh, in the 2006 film, uh, another film that I like with Denzel Washington called Deja Vu. Oh yeah, for sure. He plays an FBI agent. That's in that a one. movie that I will never understand. Yeah, but yeah, um, in the so again, he, I mean, he didn't really start having the health issues and the cancer stuff till like 2015. But even after, let's say in the, in the decade from like. Um, what did I say? What was it? In the decades since Kiss Kiss Bang Bang up until when he started having health issues, then he started sort of started to fall into that straight to DVD or straight to Netflix type roles. Like he would just like he would do quick cameo stuff in films. He wasn't doing big budget films anymore, really. You know what I mean? Well, I don't think like in 2015 he would have announced he was sick. No, no, you're right. I'm so he would have been sick before then. Yeah. Also, no, no, so for sure. But I'm just saying That's also like his. It's just his. I mean, his his star had fallen from the Hollywood ranks. He was never sort of an A-lister. He was always just a really good actor. Like, he was great in roles, but... I think he's a household name, though. Oh, for sure. People recognize his name. And he would still... He still put in the work. Like, some of the films that he made before, you know, he came out with the cancer diagnosis, I still recognize some of these films. But you can definitely tell, like, his filmography... He did a bunch of films in 2013... Actually, a couple of them were just like voice acting roles. Hmm. Uh, then he only did one film in 2014, and then there was a gap from 2014 to 2017. Mm-hmm. So you can tell that period is when he had was dealing with the health issues. And then mm-hmm. 2017, he did a few films, but I think one of them was just like a cameo. One was they had to actually, I think, dub over his voice in one of the movies because if he couldn't really speak properly with right. the new trachea implant or whatever he had. Yep. So, um, and then I keep meaning to get around to watching this, but I know last year they released a really. I've heard it's a really good documentary on Amazon Prime. About his life, it's just, oh. it's just it's called Val, and his, his, <laughs> as his, they do, yeah, and his his son narrates it. Oh, he has a son who's I think twenty six years old. A young also, son, wow. His his son's also an actor. His son looks just his son looks and sounds just like him too. Like it's definitely his. Is this kid. like the um, shoot the Sopranos kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. 
But uh, yeah, his son Jack Kilmer, he is 26. Yeah. And he's an actor too, but he's not like, he does small roles. He's not a big actor like his dad was at that age. Um, but that's fine. I mean, he's got his own thing going on. And uh, yeah, I've heard the documentary is really good. And because uh, the thing it says here is, I guess Kilmer was, Val Kilmer was notorious for shooting a lot of home videos. Even like back in the 80s and 90s, he was always going around with the camcorder and eventually, I guess, with. I wonder if he wanted to direct and, then. Oh, probably, yeah. Like, then a synopsis here for the documentary just says the film follows the life and career of Val Kilmer, including footage Kilmer shot himself throughout his career, footage of his childhood and home movies. The film also showcases his battle with throat cancer and gives a behind the scenes view of his personal life, including the childhood death of his brother, his eight year marriage to actress Joanne Whaley, and his children, Mercedes and Jack. And uh, Rotten Tomatoes has a documentary at 94%. So huh. um, I should get around and watch that sometimes. Like I said, yeah, he was a, you're right. I mean, in the 80s and 90s, he was a huge household name. Mm-hmm. And again, in the 2000s, he chose his roles a little more select. 2005, again, like, sort of like a revelation. People were like, wow, like, Bill Kimber is hilarious. And like, he's got such good chemistry. And let's see him more stuff like this. And mm-hmm. maybe he just didn't want to do those kind of roles. I don't, he, but he, he, he went a different way and with his film choices. And, uh, but yeah, like I said, I uh, even if it's just a small scene, I'd be kind of happy to see him in Top Gun tomorrow, see him interacting with Tom Cruise again. It'd be cool to see. Was he a bad guy in the original? Top Gun? Yeah. Not a bad guy per se. He was like Tom Cruise's rival at the flight school. You know, they were both young hotshots. And and the antagonist, I guess? Uh, you could call him an antagonist. Because yeah, the, the original Top Gun doesn't really have a true antagonist. Like there's no bad guy from another country. A frenemy. Like, right. <laughs> he doesn't have like a Russian rival that he has to shoot down or something. You know what I mean? It's not that type of film. But, yeah. Um, but no, like I said, um, honestly, if you were, if I was going to recommend any besides the ones I've already mentioned, like you know, off the top of my head, the, some of Valkyrie's best roles that I could rewatch over and over for me, definitely Tombstone. Love that movie. Um, Heat. I mean, Heat's a great film in general, but he's also really good in it. Um, if I was going to watch an old Batman film, it'd probably be Batman Forever because mm-hmm. I think it's the most entertaining of any of the pre-Christian Bale ones. Yeah, Ghost in the Darkness, for sure. Great film. The Saint. I think you rewatch that at some point. I remember that being a really fun film. I liked watching that when I was like a teen. And uh, yeah, honestly, my, my, my takeaway from this whole thing is I really want to go back and rewatch The Ghost in the Darkness. <laughs> that film, I won't spoil anything too about the ending or the last half of the film, but it it took a couple of twists I wasn't expecting. So Keep really on your toes. Yeah. 90s was great because you had like, I mean, there's so many good films in the 90s. I mean, obviously, like all the Nicholas Cage's renaissance in the 90s, you know, <laughs> Con Air and Face Off and The yep. Rock and everything. But even just like, you know, you had you had the Jurassic Park films. I, the mm-hmm. first two Jurassic Park films I really loved from the 90s. Casper. Sure. Casper's your thing. Okay. <laughs> Jumanji. No, yeah, yeah, like I said, you had movies like The Edge and the, Mask. the Darkness. And there's just so many different unique films in the 90s that you really don't see anymore. No, gosh, and no. I'm not just blaming Marvel. Like, yes, Marvel superhero stuff that took over the last decade or so. But I think it's longer than a decade. Well, I mean, Iron Man was 2008, but... Was it really? That's yeah. it? Yeah. Well, it's still more than a decade. I know. But I'm saying, okay, if, I, if you're saying the first Avengers film came out in 2012, so it's really hit its stride in the last 10 years when you had all the superheroes together. Because there was always individual superhero films. You had Spider-Man films in the early 2000s. You had Hulk films before Mar- before Marvel became big. You know what I mean? There was always stuff. There was, I mean, people forget that Blade is a Marvel character. That's like the Wesley Snipes played character. That, technically, that was Him the first Him and Daredevil need to get together. Him and what? Daredevil. Not Daredevil. Gosh darn it. Deadpool. I was going to say Daredevil. Gosh darn it. 
Not the Ben Affleck Daredevil. No, I meant Deadpool. The only thing I can... Whenever I think of the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie, the only thing I ever think about is Evanescence. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. That, that, that just like drilled in... Like, Dad and, Dad and Colin Farrell playing an insane villain in that film. Was he? He was Bullseye. Oh, he was so over the top in that film. That. But it, he had to be. Now he's a better villain in a, in a different DC film. <laughs> yeah. Better <laughs> film. Funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, that's my... Uh, my little movie rant tonight. I kind of went a couple ways with it, but I think I tried to tie it together. Anyways, uh, yeah, top in tomorrow. So, I might not be in, in necessarily in theme with the topic tonight, but let's pose this email question for the listeners. Um, what's your favorite animal-based film? So, it could, you know, it could be, could be like Air Bud, like you said. It could be Babe, Pig in the City. I want to film, film centered around live-action animals. Snowbuds. I mean, obviously, okay, fine. If you want to say Jaws, I'll give you the exception. I know Jaws wasn't real; it was obviously an animatronic. But Jaws was sort of like that first big creature film. I mean, it's, it's, it's 1970s for crying out loud. For, given the technology they had at the time, the shark looked pretty good. So, uh, and what is that email link, sir? When opposites react at gmail dot com. <laughs> Alrighty, well, uh, I'll wrap up tonight's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you got something out of it, as always. Uh, or that you just like listen to my ramblings. <laughs> I don't always have a plan going in, but I can usually try and tie things together or at least... Staple them together. Like, the funny thing is, like, okay, you, you guys probably realize this by now, but Sarah obviously edits these things pretty good. Like, it, there are times where I might have a little bit of dead air or I'm coughing or sniffling over something, so it's not like it's a seamless... I'm not talking seamlessly for like 30 minutes here, but it's close. It's close. I think for the most part, I, I tie my thoughts together. I don't just, I don't just, you know, have a lot of sections where Sarah has to edit out two minutes at a time or anything like that. You know what I mean? So it's, I try and keep things moving along, but I appreciate it. And I try and get Sarah involved as much as I can. When it comes to movies, it's tough because, like I said, she she doesn't watch a lot of stuff. Mm-mm. I've tried over the years many times. And she's been a good sport about most of it. But I fall asleep for a lot of it. It's good. It's to, true. It's she good. does fall asleep easily. Yeah. <laughs> and the visual thing makes it tough too. Because yeah. It's less engaging. Right. But uh, yeah, we have fun talking about it. So I hope you guys have fun listening to us. Anyways, we'd love to hear from you. Please send us an email. About any time. It's not today. It could be any topic in the past. If you're just catching up on old episodes or anything. But uh, yeah, uh, you, you can bet I'm going to have a Top Gun review next week, though. So <laughs> I might even see it twice by then. We'll see. Oh, yeah, I but, wouldn't doubt it. Anyways, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate your support, and we'll be back same time next week. Boys. Bye.